Hi, welcome to the Still Loading Podcast. Today we got Charlie Headley. What's going on? We got Jake Tracy. Yo, yo, yo. And we got Jared Reyes. What up? Nice, mm. nice, nice, nice. Uh, you guys are going to hear this on Thursday, so I hope you're settling in well after the election. Yes. And not freaking out too much. <laughs> but you today, know who wins? <laughs> Jared could tell the future. No, but um, today we're going to be talking about God. Where are you? Because I think that's something that a lot of people deal with, and or a thought, an idea that a lot of people go through is, God, where are you? I'm talking to you. Are you even listening? Are you even there? What's going on? And I'm sure, mm, yeah, all of us have gone through times in our life where we're just like, dude, God isn't there. Yep, He's just not. There's no way like what's going on or or maybe it was more of like, I know you're there, but I don't want you to be there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sick of you, dude. I'm sick of what you're doing or I'm sick of what you're not doing. Right. Because I feel like that tends to be why people think God's not there because he's not doing what they want them to do. But um, we've all had times like that where God's felt absent. So is does are any of you guys willing to share or talk about maybe a moment in your life when that happened? I don't like talking about my personal life. <laughs> <laughs> I'll open it up. Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. Um, so I think the time that it was most prominent in my life, I could think, was um, I had just graduated college. So let's let's paint the picture. It's 2015. I just graduated college. I got my degree. I was I just turned 22, and my big thing was cool. I got my degree. Like now it's time to start my life. Um, I at that time, yeah, I was still. I was in a long-term relationship. I was with my girlfriend at that time for about four and a half, almost five years at that point. And I was like, cool, I'm going to start my life, going to go look for jobs in law enforcement, and this is what I'm going to do. And I didn't really have a bad upbringing. I mean, I was a pretty good kid. I made some small mistakes along the way, but clean background. I was like, I should get in, no problem, no issues. Um I applied to place after place after place and the same, I got the same results pretty much. I applied to maybe like three, four spots and I all got, um, you're a little too young. And I was like, I don't see what the point, like you only need to be 21 years old to apply to become a cop, but it was all, Hey, you're a little young. Maybe try again when you got a little more life experience. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, how do I not have life experience? I'm 22 years old. <laughs> yeah, you so know, in hindsight, yeah, so much wisdom in hindsight. I'm like, okay, I get that now, but I had a lot of growing up to do, but the I just remember the most vivid moment was um, I, I really wanted to go work at a law enforcement department out in Orange County. I wanted to go to Orange County. I wanted to leave, you know, where I grew up in Riverside. I just want to get away from everybody, do my own thing, start my life, you know, and I had this whole plan for myself. I remember I went out and I went to the Santa Ana Police Department where it was like my first real application that I was like really hoping to get into. And... I messed up on some paperwork. It was something small, but, you know, if I say I did something two years ago instead of three years ago, that can make, you know, all the difference in the world when it comes to um, background checks and everything like that. So I messed up some paperwork. I admitted, hey, I messed up and I did something uh, wrong. It's actually this amount of time. And they said, you know what? If it, it looks weird, if you were to change your answer now, it looks like you're lying. So um, try again and make like six months. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now I'm like, ah, six months, whatever. It's no big deal. At the mm-hmm. time, six months was forever. Mm-hmm. And I just remember like walking out, calling my girlfriend at the time, ripping like my notebook in half, throwing it in the <laughs> trash can. I'm in like a suit so and everything. Dramatic, like, dude, yeah, I, I was, I was, I lost my mind. I was so mad. I remember driving home. And literally screaming at the top of my lungs at God, like mm-hmm. screaming to the point, like to the point where my losing my voice. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was just going through the toll roads, and I was just like screaming at God. I was screaming obscenities, like straight up to the point where I was going through the toll road. And you know what? Like takes a picture. Uh-huh. I just remember going through the toll road and straight up doing like the double middle <laughs> finger, and like screaming at God, hands off the wheel, like. And it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like you're listening to this, like. Jared, you're such an idiot. I'm like, yeah, you know, I was 22 (laughs) and I was really going through and I thought at that time that um, this was the plan for my life. I thought this was, you know, something Mm -hmm. I was supposed to be doing. But at that time, I just felt like, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of other things going on at that moment. Like, you know, I was that kind of post-college thing where I thought I was supposed to have my life together. But I was also in a really bad relationship where it, it wasn't doing anything good for me. Like it was just toxic for the both of us, me and the other girl involved. So I just remember that was like the most vivid time where I was like, God, where are you? Like, 
what are you doing? I remember yelling that. I said, what are you doing? Like, do you care? Do you have a plan? Because apparently not. I don't see anything you're doing. I don't feel like you care about me at all. And I just remember for a while, for a couple, like, it felt like forever, but it was probably for like a month. I was like, what's going on? And then, you know, I kind of went through peaks and valleys. And I think the whole God, where are you thing took me for, it, it, it didn't take me super long, but I would say it probably took a year. And I, it felt like forever for me, but it was a whole year of ups and downs. But it was kind of like, what are you planning on doing in my life? Because everything I had planned kind of got thrown out the window. And I was really sad. I was going through a lot of like kind of issues, kind of finding myself, finding what's going on. I remember we were all doing a, a rooted group and it was the beginning of that year. I remember we were all in it. And I remember going through a really major spell of depression. I was talking to it was JT at the time. And I was like, what's going on? And he, I remember him telling me, he's like, I went through something similar. And it was probably one of the greatest times of like the most growth for me. And kind of him sharing that with me helped me through that because I kind of found out a lot about my relationship with God and where I was. But yeah, I was I was struggling for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was hard. Mm-hmm. But that was like the most vivid time where I was like, God, where do you, what are you doing? And where are you? I yeah. think that's like, that's, that's the question uh it's like what are you doing Hmm. i think for me it's never been so much like god where are you but like what are you doing like i am my and i'm not trying to say this to sound you know whatever but like i've never really felt like god you're not there but i've always just been like what i don't understand this exactly you know Mm -hmm. um but uh, at the same time i think it's it goes back to that like very cliche answer which is like when you pray or when you whatever it's like god's gonna say yes no or wait right those are typically the three answers but i think where we fall into that is when we create our plans and make god bless them yeah you know Hmm. Uh, that's kind of been a theme for me recently is to not make plans then have god bless them because that's to me is like a setup for resentment if god's Mm -hmm. like that was never something Mm -hmm. i was gonna bless in the first place like i wanted for you in the first place well, if I continue to follow that, then I go, well, where are you, God? What are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, you're in a whole different, like, you know, parking lot than me. Like, I don't understand. Yeah. So for me, it's been trying to be, and I think kind of going back to what you said, I'll say this very quickly, but I did go through something similar in a sense of, it was a long time of confusion. I think is what it really was. And like, God, where are you? And what are you doing? Um, but a few weeks ago we talked about kind of getting through anxiety and getting through that kind of stuff. And the reason I was able to talk to Jerry about that was because I saw the other side of it. I was like, okay, I kind of see what you were doing me. And I came out with clarity and I came out understanding like in hindsight, you're like, Oh, I kind of see what, what you were doing there. So, um, that's just kind of what it boils down to. It's the, where are you God moments turned into like, Oh, there you were, Mm -hmm. but it just takes some time to get there. I think. Yeah. I know like for me, um, mine was like recent and not a lot of people know this. My wife knows this, obviously. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think excited. Dylan knows this I'm too. Um, it was last year this time. I just remember in ministry, we had ju- I had just gotten married like two, three months fresh into it. And our marriage was good, but I just felt like ministry wise, I was just it's so dry, so dry. Um, our ministry was booming. We had leaders, we had other, other student leaders, like everything was going on the outside looking in like perfect, but inside, like my soul just was dry. It was spent. And I just remember sitting there, um, right around Halloween time. And I was just like, God, what is it? What is it? Why do I feel like this? And I don't think it was the fact, like Jake said, it's like, it wasn't that God wasn't there. I was just like, God, why do I feel like this? Like I, I'm praying, I'm reading, I'm doing all the things that all the Christian help self books say that I need to be doing. Why is it that I feel this way? And it's funny because it's funny now in that time, it wasn't funny because I felt like just giving up. I was like, I'm ready to walk away from ministry. I'm ready to go pick up a hammer and go start doing construction. <laughs> like I have a nine to five, I can come home and sit there and not worry about anyone else's stresses. And I remember sitting there and it wasn't until the beginning of 2020 where I was like, even though 2020 for everyone's been a horrible year, it's like the beginning of 2020, I, I don't know what it was, but I was just like, the stress was gone. The the um, 
the me questioning God of why do I feel like that was gone. And it just, I had this new refresh in my life where God was just like, all right, now let's be done with your little hissy fit. Let's let's, let's keep going. <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, like, I never want to go through that again. And it was really one of the first times in ministry where I felt like I'm so spiritually dry right now. And God, where are you? What are you doing? And it was weird because I, it wasn't as the amount of prayer I did. It wasn't the amount of like reading my Bible. It was just the refreshing of my mind that God just like poured on me. It was mm -hmm. weird. I feel like in times like that, because you, what you said, Jake, is so true is you're asking God to bless your plans. And even mm -hmm. when Jerry was talking, that's exactly what it was, making all these plans and it doesn't work out. It's like, screw you, God. Mm -hmm. You throw the birds to the camera and just <laughs> <laughs> have it on your way. But that one I feel like is interesting because maybe, it, I don't know. I don't know what to think about that. Do you think like uh, looking back at it now, like, I, I don't know, like, do you feel like you can be like, oh, that's that makes sense or this might've changed or I see this differently now or like, do you notice anything like that? Yes and no. Like there was a there was a lot of behind the scenes stresses that were going on with just certain people in my personal life and even in the ministry life too, where I was just like, okay, this is adding stress onto my life. I think too at the same time it was like just getting married and trying to figure out how to live with somebody mm. else that's not my mom and my dad. Um, <laughs> that added a lot of stress, even though like my wife was super supportive of it and she kind of knew what was happening. I, I don't know if there was like any like certain thing that made me feel that way, but it it really truly was just like the beginning of the year. And I don't, I'm not a big fan of making new year's resolutions. Cause I'm like, don't wait till the end of the year to like, say you want to change your life. Just do it now. Um, not to be like a motivational speaker. <laughs> you need to write a book. Bro. Look, you want to make a hundred million or not? <laughs> <laughs> but it was just, it really was. It was the beginning of the year. We just had a, a, a hangout with a bunch of different youth pastors. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, this stress just isn't here. And I don't know why, but it's not. And I don't know if it was because I changed my focus and focus a lot more on God, but that could have been it. And I just stopped really leaning into the worldly things that I was having to deal with and just really started leaning into the presence of God. But yeah, I, I really don't know. It's weird. It's still weird to me to this day. Yeah. I, I feel like something that came to my head right now is um, when say there's a plant or a tree planted somewhere, I think you guys know this too, when you remove it mm -hmm. and put it somewhere else, the plant could either go into shock and just like not even grow or mm -hmm. anything and just be stagnant or it could uh, easy transfer and just continues on with its growth. And I feel like that's kind of a picture maybe of something a lot of people go through when, especially when you go through a big transition like that, Yeah, maybe there's no rhyme or reason, right? Because you still have a place to stay. You still have a home. You still are doing all that, but it's just a change of environment that just completely maybe shocks you mm -hmm. and shocks just our personalities that, maybe makes us stagnant you know and i feel like at that point you you were uh, in a sensitive place i would say yeah. not so much like oh i'm crying all the time or <laughs> no yeah maybe you were i don't know that's no. cool too <laughs> yeah that's cool too but um where you're in a place where i feel like if anything detrimental happened it could have been like oh shoot. oh a hundred percent like know? everything was like intensified yeah yeah, yeah. you know and it's yeah. a constant state of maybe shock well that's a good point though because i think you want to differentiate those things like in life there's just times that are more stressful than others and it has nothing to do with like god being there or not like he's there but like yeah being getting you know newly married and trying to learn how to be a roommate that's hard along ministry is hard like yeah. those things are hard and so putting those together it's like yeah it's a tough season uh does that mean that god necessarily left you he's like no i think you just had a tough season and mm -hmm. you came out you know with your feet still going mm -hmm. that's the main thing you know yeah no exactly i think really what it was to lighten the mood it was because i had to stop eating my mom's cooking and started eating my wife's Ooh. cooking hey, can you cut that out <laughs> yeah. i don't know if we could put that one out yeah you don't want I don't that feel on hey, did she that. listen to these yes and no okay that well. means no <laughs> i was like i oh, don't know let's keep hope it stays that way he's gonna have two like burnt hot pockets on for tape like on the table right now it's just like that sounds like go. a delicacy and right now he's gonna ask for dessert and it's literally just like a lollipop with a one pudding, bite taken chocolate out, syrup a chocolate plate. pudding cup <laughs> i'm gonna tell her to listen to this one. Oh no i'm dude. scared for you but i think what it's coming down to is there's a lot of different reasons why it feels like God's not there. And I think what's important is you talked about coming out on the other side and even all right, all you guys did. And I think it's important for people to know that you do come out the other side of the tunnel 
um, ready to go. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it looks very confused where it doesn't seem like anything's going wrong. Or it doesn't seem like anything crazy is happening, but you just have that dryness or you're wondering where's God at and you, something just clicks, you yeah. know, and in your guys' case, it was kind of similar to that same thing. But I think what you said, Chuck, is so important that that repetition you still had was there, right? Reading the Bible, praying, um, doing those things, even maybe when you're not seeing results, I think mm -hmm. is the most important thing to understanding or, or feeling that God's not there and understanding that you can come out the other side. It's, it's in everything in life, right? Yeah. That repetition and that, that process has to continue whether you see the growth or not. Yeah. Imagine if I planted a seed and I was hurt that it wasn't a tree tomorrow, you know? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't at all. But like, that's kind of our, our culture. Instant mm -hmm. gratification. Instant, mm -hmm. please. Bye now. Yeah, but yeah. it's always, you look at, at the tail end and you said it, Jerry, thinking back now, you're saying, oh, that wasn't even a huge deal. Like, look at you now. You're killing it. You're doing your thing. And it's, it's, it's like funny. You you're a cop and now you hate your job. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely love it. I'm my just job. kidding. <laughs> no, it was funny. I had a conversation. My, uh, my younger cousin, um, his, you know, I have an uncle and, and they live out in North Carolina and I have a couple cousins out there. Um, they're a pastor of, of a, of a new like church plant, but he's, he's coming, he's visiting over here with his girlfriend and uh, what he's probably, if I'm, he's gotta be like 24, 25, maybe even a little bit younger, maybe like 23, but I was just talking to him yesterday and him and his girlfriend have been in a relationship for five years and he's in college and he's still like finishing up. But um, I was telling him like, you know what? I'm really happy for you that you continue to do good. And uh, they've been a great relationship. They're, they're really happy together. And I was like, you know what? It's it's great. When it's time to get married, it'll work out and everything will be fine. But just get to that point. If you can be financially stable, save up as much as you can. Just trying to encourage him. I was like, you don't got to get married now. And, and I've talked about this with Jake because he's like, figure it out together might as well be married you know like and it's a lot of he's brought up a lot of good points where me i'm like i'd rather have money saved away put away and everything like that where there's pros and cons of both mm -hmm. and jake's not ever told me like no nah, i'll just be broke little on the side of the road with your wife dude it's all good <laughs> just to clarify that you know he, he's he's of sound mind sometimes um but it, it's just really good i had that that talk with him and i just kind of saw like a younger version of myself too i saw how you know, my life was never bad, but I had a lot of growing up to do. So when I sit back and see, yeah, I did need life experience. There's a lot of things I did need to learn. Um, there's a lot of things God had to sort out in my life for me to get to the point where I am now. And, and it's funny. Now when I look at it, I'm like, you know, uh, I'm good. I don't feel like I'm in a rush to get married or have kids or anything like that. I'm very content. God's provided and he's proven time after time that he's not leaving. He's never been anywhere. He's always just continued to be there. And even when I've kind of gone up and down my relationship, you know, growing up in church, he's always been there and he's been faithful. And so it's been, it's been really cool kind of sit, sit back and look at that. But yeah, I don't know. Even looking back at a young me. It reminds me of, uh, <laughs> of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Where it's like Shadrach and Benny. Yeah. Shaddy Benny. <laughs> Uh, Shari Ben, Shari Benny, where that <laughs> <laughs> sounded so dumb. Sorry, <laughs> but where they get thrown into the furnace, right? Yeah. So that's what happens. Yes. So they get thrown into the furnace, and you know it says there's another figure in there with them, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's like that should be a picture of what it looks like. Because if I'm burning alive, mm -hmm. one question I may ask myself is, "Where are you, God?" <laughs> you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even in those moments, it's important to remember that God is still there. Even though mm -hmm. what you're going through might suck and it might be difficult, it might be hard, that God is still there. So mm -hmm. I was just going to say to hopefully be of encouragement to somebody, it's like maybe just like switch the question out from God, where are you to God, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. like switch that question out because God's there. It's just, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought of that, like that meme, you know, where you see the dog and he's <laughs> sitting in the house and he's just sitting there at the dinner table. It's like, this is fine. <laughs> oh, yeah, but the yeah. reason I thought of that is because he brought up the illustration. It's like, be like that, but just know that, yeah, everything's fine, but you have God right behind you. Like, think mm -hmm. of it in that kind of silly way. But, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly how you're saying that you're in the fire, but there's a, another in the fire. Oh, Ooh, got him. Come on. Scotty. But there's that other, there's always song. that, yeah, there's always that 
that other person being Jesus, mm-hmm. he's right there with you. He's, hey, it's all good. We're right. I'm your ride or die. Mm-hmm. I'm not going nowhere. Yeah. It's important to say while we're here that at this point, the election results are going to be out. And yeah. how many people are going to be saying, God, where are you? <laughs> <laughs> no matter what way it swings. Yes. And I hope yeah. to tell somebody that if your team lost, God's still there. You're yes. okay. He's still uh-huh. king. Yeah. I, I've heard that too is we need to fix our focus on what God is doing, you know, not what we want or what we think or what we feel, all of that, because yeah, you're going to be disappointed every time, or you might not be disappointed for a little bit, but eventually you'll come to a point where it's like, this is whack. This is lame. I don't like this, but that never means that God isn't there with you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That never means that God isn't working. And a lot of times God's working behind the scenes that we can't see. Yeah. He's working in things that we can't see. Uh, even in our rest, right? Even in even in our sleep, even when we're relaxing, a lot of people stress out, spend their days worrying, you know, and then get terrible sleep. And a lot of, a lot of us need to realize, like, hey, God's in control. Can I make one point? Yes. One last illustration, Handle and I'm gonna it. be. I'll shut up for a while. No, I, I want a lot. you to keep talking. Are you gonna add something? Let me add something to that. <laughs> it reminds me of when my baby's hungry, because mm. he will freak out uh-huh. and scream and yell. And if I like set him down to walk away, even though I'm walking away to get him food, mm-hmm. he's screaming and yelling mm-hmm. because in his mind, he doesn't realize that I'm walking away to get him food. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. And I feel like in the same vein, God is similar in that sense where it's like, we're screaming and yelling, God, where are you? And God's like, you don't understand. I'm going to get you what you want. That's what I'm doing. Just like, mm-hmm. calm down. I'm, I'm literally on my way to doing that, but I need you to relax a little bit, you know? That was beautiful. Right? That was a great illustration. <sighs> but he needs to do it faster. <laughs> You're God, right? Do it faster. Yeah, that, that could be the argument. But to yeah. say he's not doing anything is different. I get you. Absolutely. So the other thing that I have in the show notes is how do you, how is it for you guys where you know it's like God is speaking to me? Because I think that's a lot of a lot of problems or a lot of issues with people have where they feel like God's not theirs because they don't know mm-hmm. what it looks like or they don't know what it means to hear God's voice, you know, to understand that. Yeah. And, and I know in my life, um, when I pray to God, when I meditate on who he is or read and me- maybe meditate on some scriptures, I really feel illustrations like you just talked about right now. Those kind of pop into my head, like real world examples pop into my head in my own life. And I'm like, oh, man, that's such a great example. And uh, in those personal times, it's not so much for a message or for like an Instagram post. That I need to share this with people. It's like this is in my own life. It was a great example illustration in my own life. And I know that when I'm learning things and doing that, I really it's almost confirmed that it's God speaking to me when I talk to other people. Mm-hmm. I know I hear God's voice and confirmation through other people. Mm-hmm. Because when I start talking and we start talking about God, who he is, what's happening in our lives, what's God doing, you kind of see, at least for me, I've noticed a lot, especially in the past couple of years, that a lot of me and the people who I'm talking with are kind of on the same page, maybe in different sections, but still on on the same page. And that to me is kind of just like confirmation for some things in my life where it's like, okay, God is speaking this. This isn't just me thinking out in my own head. Yeah. This isn't me just hearing my own thoughts. Cause I know a lot of people are just like, I just hear myself talk. Like that's all I hear. And God speaks to us through our own voice. You know, yeah. that's the voice in our head. Um, but I think when you get those thoughts out is really when God can confirm these things and when God, uh, can shine them more in a more tangible way, I would say. Yeah. I, I know for me, that's how a lot of it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, I think for me, it's like, I'll just say this now. It's like, I've never heard the verbal voice of God. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I think probably there's a lot of people that are the same exact way. I I do know a handful of people that say they have heard the voice of God. I'm not saying that they didn't. um, But for me, that's never personally happened. But just like what Dylan said, the biggest way I feel like God can communicate to every single one of us, one through the Holy Spirit that lives within us, but two is through, um, our inner thoughts, uh, the promptings that we have, the desires that we have. It's like those desires don't just come out of the blue. Those desires come from from somewhere. And uh, I think a lot of those times it's God. And the biggest thing for me, because I'm someone where like I'll get an idea and I'm like, is this God? I don't know if this is God. And I'll sit there and I'll wait on it. And when I wait on it, it's like, okay, if this isn't going away, 
And if it lines up with what scripture has to say, I'm like, okay, this has to be God. This has to be something that God is prompting me to do. And the biggest one, especially for those out there that are listening, that they they feel like God's speaking to them, fact check it with scripture. Like, does yeah. it line up with what his word has to say? Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dylan said the other thing too, where it's like, I've had some people before like come up to me and give me a word of encouragement or like spoken into my life. And I'm like, this is something that I've been thinking. There's been handfuls of times where Pastor Robert Mosbach's come to the church and there's stuff that's on my mind and he'll share something. I'm like, gosh, dang it. How did you know that? And, but that's just God using other people to speak through, um, to speak to me. So, but I think one of the biggest ones for sure isn't the verbal voice from God, but it's those thoughts and inner promptings that every one of us have in our life. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's like, uh, like I was saying earlier, like it's kind of like themes in my life. Mm-hmm. Like there's themes that like, like right now, it is like what I said, which was like, don't make your plans and have God bless them. Mm-hmm. But like, that's been something I've been praying for myself to like, all right, God, I don't want to do this. And, you know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, that must be God telling me, check where you're, where you're headed and make sure it's where I am, you know, leading you. Um, and so that's one thing. But I think what it, it takes someone to step back and assess where they are, what they're doing, what they're feeling and be like, okay, what's the theme here? What's constant and i agree with charlie in a sense that my brain is it can be so scattered and i like i tend to uh process things out loud so i could have a conversation with dylan and throw like nine things out at him and i'll after i'm done i'm like hey i guess that okay i don't actually believe any of that okay. <laughs> but i needed to say it i got it out okay yeah. but there's also there's always just uh, every once in a while there's those things that like stick yeah. and that that stick for like years mm-hmm. and like or like you know nine months year whatever and i'm like this thing has not gone away and for me because i like to believe that i know myself enough i'm like if this is still a thing a still a desire still a theme yeah i need to do something with it now you know mm-hmm. um but that's where it gets hard for me is because there's so many things that go into my head it's like how do i differentiate the two? <laughs> what's yeah. me and what's not you know right and i think part of excuse me like part of the whole hearing god's voice is i think of elijah when he told him to go to the widow's house right Mm -hmm. and ask her for food and that stuff and in my head i'd be thinking no i'm not gonna go to some (laughs) random person's Uh -uh. house like no there's no way and i think hearing god's voice really comes down to maybe acting on some of those things because we're talking about how getting it out and talking about it which definitely helps definitely helps but if i was elijah some of the things god was telling me i'd be thinking there's no way but he he's still going forward with it through faith that it's god speaking to him Mm -hmm. and i think her being there is obviously like confirmation right it's like he told her to do this he didn't know if anybody was going to be there at all but she was there yeah and i think walking forward in faith is part of hearing god's voice you know part of hearing who he is because maybe god's telling us so many things that we feel like is just our thoughts mm-hmm. and chuck you said it perfectly align it with scripture god's not telling me that i'm going to be a millionaire and <laughs> like I, if right. i go to 7-eleven and buy a ticket i'm going to be a millionaire and if i'm not <laughs> i'm going to be angry at god that's not that's not who god is but yeah aligning it with scripture and then when you when you act in faith with those things it's like okay god that was you yeah that i was think you. i think to add on to what you just said it's like joshua i believe it's joshua and um no, it's not Joshua. I cannot remember the name right now, but the um, King Saul's son and King Saul's son, armor bearer in Jonathan, Jonathan, Jonathan. Jonathan. It's and one, Abner. Yeah. It's like one of my favorite stories in the Bible and I can Little never Abner. remember his name, <laughs> but it was in that moment where the Israelites and the Philistines were at battle, but they're at a standstill and Jonathan and his armor bearer were like, or Jonathan told his armor bearer, he's like, Hey, let's go hang out right next to the Philistine outpost. I don't know if God's tempting me to do this or not tempting, but God's leading me to do this. But if they say, hey, come up and fight, we're going to go up and fight. And that's us. That's God saying, hey, I got your back. If not, if they say to stay, we're going to stay. And I think it is. It, it, it starts a lot of times with just taking that step of faith. Mm-hmm. I'll say this, and I don't know if this is okay or not, but like, I didn't feel the call of God to be a pastor until I took the step of faith to like do the internship at our church. And once it was that, and I had that conversation with Dylan where Dylan I assume was speaking, uh, God was speaking through him saying, Hey, I think you're, I think you can be a pastor. And I didn't, I didn't have that call on my life at that moment, 
but taking that step of faith, I realized, okay, no, this is where God wants me to go, but I didn't have that feeling. And so I think a lot of times God can work through just by us taking that step of faith, working out all these type of things, and then God speaks to us. Mm -hmm. It kind of works in reverse sometimes, but that's weird. I think the times where I see, like, I I would say, or I see God is always been, um, I would say maybe repetition Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. So I think there have been times where, I will be reading my Bible and it, quick side note, if you're not reading your Bible, but you're expecting to hear things from God, <laughs> you're, you're doing it wrong. You're, you're all backwards. If you need to be in your word, because if you're looking to see God's word and hear what he has to say, it's written for us. It's mm-hmm. literally already there. Um, but I would say I would be reading my Bible or I'm listening to a sermon and I'll notice either like a, a theme or like a pattern and I'll like, like, Oh, you know what? humility humility has been really in there in, on my heart and i'll read a verse and where i'll be reading something in the bible and it'll mention humility mm-hmm. or and then i'll text him like oh man let's be talking about you know whatever something stupid and then he'll say something like oh yeah you need you know something needs to really go and you need to be humbled in that respect it, it seems like i'll encounter it over and over and over over the course of weeks i'm like i think god's trying to tell me that i need to be humble mm. or, or something to that effect but I, I will always see kind of like a pattern forming where I think even another time, I know Charlie will get this cause he's an NF fan. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was a, I think it was a song intro three where at the very end of it, he said, I was in prison the whole time, mm. and, but, or I was in prison the whole time, but I was also holding the key. I remember listening to that song over and over during a part of my life where I just felt almost locked in a cage by like my own thoughts. And I had a good friend of mine, um, Alex, shout out Alex. He had said that he he would been he was praying for me and he said he felt like I was trapped in a cage. I was trapped in a cage. I was like, what the heck? And it was just almost that recurring theme. Like I feel like I'm I'm kind of locked down by myself. And I was like, what's my way out? What's my key? What's my a way of getting out of this? Mm. But I feel like it's always been revealed in patterns. Patterns and God's like, hey, this is this is what I have on your heart. It's always comes there usually reading the Bible first reading the Bible something sticks with me and then after that I feel like I got to just hammering it in my head over and over and I have that common theme or pattern and that's really how he speaks to me Yeah, it's just that reoccurring theme in your life mm-hmm. And I think absolutely it's confirmed by other people whether they know it or not, right? God's mm-hmm. working through them That's wild and God does always have your back. Mm -hmm. I think that story that you share, that's when they go down and they fight the camp, right? And it's just like two people and they wreck them all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) that's like legit one of my favorite stories in the Bible. One of my favorite stories. They just go down like unsolicited and like, what's Gucci? (laughs) I don't know the name. I don't remember the name. Oh, Jerry's mic fell. I don't remember the name of the armor bearer though. They did, he never Abner, said his but name. I don't think that's what the oh really? They just said armor bear, and that's that. Well, that's a whole other podcast for a whole other time. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> I'll start preaching right now. Ah, uh, mm, come on now. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Jake doesn't want to hear any of that. <laughs> so, what would you guys talk to somebody about? I guess who says like they're done with God? Like, no, I'm done with God. Why? I would say no. You're not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whether you like it or not, you're not done with him. Mm-hmm. You know. Because there's going to come a day where all of us are going to see him again and every knee's going to bow. So none of us are done with God. Mm -hmm. That's a good Uh, way to put it. That's real. So, Mm -hmm. but I I get the question is more of like, I'm done with God. Please help me not be done with God, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think in that sense, I have to always go back to the same thing of it's not a matter of God, you're not there or God, you're not doing this for me. It's a matter of what are you doing? And I think when you can transition that thought like that i don't know that perspective of of that it's much easier to not blame god but Mm -hmm. in fact now you want to step more into god so my encouragement is like you're probably upset Uh, let's talk to the person who's upset because god's not doing what they want yeah Mm -hmm. okay so i would say you're probably upset because you're not getting what you think you want Mm -hmm. or what you know you what you've decided your life is going to be and you're upset about that it would probably set you free and make you you know give you some peace to say okay god instead i am going to wait for you to do it because Mm -hmm. you're doing something and so then at that point your question was what do you say to that person i think Mm -hmm. that's more of a uh you step you stay with that person Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know and say like okay now what how is today anything Mm -hmm. stick out today what Mm -hmm. about today what about tomorrow you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's tricky 
that's tricky because it's easy to yeah and i that. think what you're what something you said sparked the idea of like what stood out to you today mm-hmm. i think that's very true i think when you get in in like a cynical mindset you purposely stop seeing those things mm. you purposely choose to shut out all the things that could even give it a glimpse of hope you know you get what i'm saying that, that was my life dude yes yeah, so you, you get to that point and i think i mean people talk about open-mindedness right but i don't mm-hmm. think people truly even know what that means 100 um, percent. because if you're open keep your mind open your heart open even though you're mad even though you're upset i guarantee you, you're gonna see god work in some way mm-hmm. shape or form you go outside go to the mountains we'll take a look around mm-hmm. at the creation around us and it's like man god what your creation is amazing so I think to truly be done with God, yes, you're correct. We're never done with God, even if we think we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just a cynical way to look at it where you're visibly upset and you are choosing to shut out anything that could even give a glimpse of hope to who God is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think one thing too, and it's not so much on the idea of I, I don't hear God, so I'm done with God. I think a lot of times when this question gets proposed of like, are you hear that saying, I'm done with God? It's because 100% of the time, it's not what God's done, but it's what somebody else has done to that person that they mm-hmm. think is God. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, like for, and we've seen this happen many times, like where a church does somebody dirty and they're mad and they think this was God's doing when in the end of the day, it was man's doing, mm-hmm. it wasn't God's doing. Um, I, I broke up with my girlfriend or my wife. I'm going through divorce. Like, why is God doing this? This isn't what God's doing. It's maybe what you've done or your spouse has done. And that's one thing. Mm-hmm. And like Jake's giving me the finger right now, pointing, <laughs> not the middle one. <laughs> the, <point. laughs> the hyped up finger. <laughs> but it's it, it, it a lot of times, and I think um, Jared said it the best, like we hold our own key to like being trapped in sometimes. And we, But at the end of the day, we look at God like, God, why is this not happening? And God's looking down like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> um, and it, I know it doesn't really answer the question, but I think a lot of times when these questions do come up for the Christians that are listening right right now, and they're maybe trying to help someone along along these lines, is look at their situation and see like it's not God doing this to that certain person, but instead figure out what that is. And once you figure out what that is, you can help them along the process a lot better. Because again, God's not here to harm us. God's not here to cause us to fall. Instead, God's here. He, he gives us a spirit of um, uh, a spirit of love, a spirit of hope. He, he gives us grace. And I think it's funny because Jake said it, when we come to this idea of done with God, because maybe it's we're not hearing from him or we are done with God because of X, Y, and Z in our lives. Um, I think it's funny because if you flip the script on that, God's never done with us, no matter which way you look at it. And like how Jake said when, on Judgment Day, when every single one of us, we have a face encounter with God. But even in the middle of our darkest times, even in the middle of the times where we completely walk away from God, He's not done with us. He's still prompting us. He's still leading us to do something. And the biggest way I like doing looking at is is Saul, which later would become Paul. Saul had nothing, wanted nothing to do with Christians, but yet God met him in the middle of his mess. Even when Saul was saying he was done with Christ, Christ wasn't done with him. Mm-hmm. And I think just those opportunities, right? I, yeah. I I truly think that people who say they're done with God are a lot closer to Him than mm. they think. They are so close to him, so but they're so angry still that yeah. they don't want to look. Yep. Yeah, you know they don't want to look at what's going on. So they're they're gonna stack things there. They're gonna put boxes in front of it, but God's still always standing there, and they know that He's there. And the the more and yes. more they they fight, the more and more further away they think they get. I truly believe they're even closer mm-hmm. to who God is and to what He's trying to do in their lives. But mm-hmm. it's just. God created us very mm. stubborn, dude. Like he gave, we have the ability to be very stubborn. Yeah. No, absolutely. We do have that. I don't, I don't know. I know I'm super duper stubborn. Uh, but sure. to answer the question, <laughs> what I would say is um, wait. Mm. Wait. And what all I can really think of is I think a lot of times when people say they're done with God, it comes from an emotional place. And it's like, okay. You know, slow your roll, simmer down, and just think about it for a little bit. And yeah. mm-hmm. I think, you know, humans 
are emotional creatures, some of us more than others, mainly me. Um, I know that from a lot of experience, but definitely just sit down and wait. The one thing I thought of, I guess, from a different perspective was um, I think the last time I really questioned where was God or what he was doing was about two years ago now. And it was another kind of like major, major, major slope for me. Um, I got, I was in a relationship and it ended and it was hard because it was something I thought was going to really work out. And about a week later, my grandpa, who I was very close with, passed away. And that's the one where I said, wow, like, where are you? Like, what are you doing? And that's, I, I remember I was having a really tough time and I, I knew God was there and I still loved him and I wasn't going to do what I'd done in the past, which is like, whatever, I'm going to go out and party now because God doesn't have a good like plan for me. I'm going to get drunk. Uh, but I sat there and I was like, wow, like I, I really feel alone. I really don't know like what's, what do you, what are you even going to do? Like I thought all this was going to work out. And my grandpa, he had, he got in an accident and over the course of six months, he went from being perfectly healthy to having a full-time job and doing well and walking around talking to being bedridden to the point where like his, he couldn't even speak because he was so, so, so very sick. And I was, I was so like without words, I don't know. I couldn't even speak because I was mm -hmm. like, I, don't, I just don't even know what's going on anymore. Um, but I would say to somebody, maybe it's gone through something like that. Just continue to wait. God reveals himself through all things, um, through creation, obviously, but with time, all things become apparent. Yeah. Uh, we can't see what's going on. I think the best illustration is, you know, growing up in church was a video I saw a long time ago where you see uh, somebody who's a painter and they're painting and they start the painting around the corners. And if you've been around church long enough, I'm sure you've seen it. It's like something they show in youth group and stuff, but start painting around the corners and eventually it goes from this weird spot where this painter is painting around the corners and you're like, what are they doing? And then it turns out to be this ridiculous painting it's like god's doing so much behind the scenes he's doing so much stuff but you just literally have to wait give it that time and just know that he is doing that work you know all god is working on it and he's going and the holy spirit is interceding on your behalf and you don't even realize it there's so much going on behind the scenes and if you were to wait and just be a little bit more patient it'll come to fruition and then you're going to be like wow god you're so good to me you're so so good to me yeah, and I think something with that is, as human beings, we have like the 480p, like hmm. in video terms. The version. Minecraft version. Yeah, we, we got like 480p glitchy view. Yeah. So narrow view of like the entire scope of life mm -hmm. and the entire scope of humanity, and the entire scope of the universe, all that stuff. Yes. And because when you're talking, it reminded me of that. God's got like the 8K Ultra HD. Dolby sound like he's got the whole picture right there. He's got mm -hmm. it perfectly right here But here we are with our TV with an antenna on it. That's like 10 inches wide and it's like, oh my gosh This is terrible, but we can't even see the full scope of everything, right? Dude, I think too. It's like uh, The question I would ask that person I would say What's your alternative? You know? Mm -hmm. Okay, you're upset is fitness going to save you? Mm -hmm. Is fitness going to make you all good? Look, Jerry's all fit and he's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, well, okay, so then what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to tell that person, I would say like, the one thing that can help you, mm -hmm. God, the one thing that can save you, the one thing that knows the answer, the one thing that knows the plan, has the blueprints, you're going to be upset. You're mad at him. Mm -hmm. The guy that has it all yeah. set down for you and, and, and in a perfect plan. The second thing I would ask them, and this would, I think is important to just be honest with ourselves is like, what are those like areas of sin? Mm -hmm. Like, what are those in your life? Because nobody wants to talk about that. Of course not. But if you're all honest, it's a yeah. lot of those areas of sin. Mm -hmm. It's those things that put us back in a place of feeling like, God, where are you? Mm -hmm. And I would say, well, which is, same thing that Jesus said on the cross. God, yeah. why have you forsaken me? Why? Because he bore the sin of everybody and God mm -hmm. was not going to be there. And so I, just to be honest with yourself and say, it's odds are it's probably an area of sin. Yeah. And the only variable in all of this is you and me, right? God is the same. 
yesterday, today, and forever. And he's always going to be the same. He's in the same spot looking at you with the same eyes. And it's you and I that bounce up and down and left and right. Mm-hmm. And then we blame God that we're bouncing up and down <laughs> left and right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's important to I always will say like that self-responsibility to look at yourself first mm-hmm. and say you're not upset with God You're upset with yourself. Yeah, and yeah. God can help you with that. Yes you know? I think that's so true and especially once you can have that realization and you go through different times in life where That looks different like there's times where I don't want to be real with myself. Of course right? mm-hmm. Everybody nobody's always real all the time. Yeah. You can try your best, but I promise you you're not going to find nope. it because we all have experienced shame. We all experience those things. But um, it's so important when you have that realization to freaking just let it go in regards to praying to God and giving it to God. Like you think about Jesus's prayer on the cross. It's just, my God, my mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. why have you forsaken me? That is brutal. This is the son of God telling the creator, telling God, the father, what the heck are you doing? Like, what the freak are you doing? Why have you forsaken me? And there's so many people who are walking through life right now saying, God, why have you forsaken me? I feel miserable. I feel awful. God, uh, what are you doing? Jesus experienced the weight of sin, the weight of the world on his shoulders. And he's, I guarantee you, this is modern times. He'd be looking up, wanting to throw the middle fingers up like Jerry was, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. he'd, he'd be saying, what are you doing? This is terrible. Why would you ever put me through this? But yet he understood and he saw that there was a bigger picture on the end. But he even felt the human emotions of, God, where are you? Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? I'm just thinking about it more and more. And like, anytime God like separated himself from a nation, it was because of sin. Mm-hmm. Jesus felt separate separation from God was because of sin. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like all of us are carrying the weight of our own sin. Yeah. yeah. That's what's happening. And yeah we got to not do that and the what we do instead and i talk about this as often as i can because what we do instead is we turn to addictions and drinking mm-hmm. and drugs and porn and sex mm. and girls and boys like it, we, that's what we turn to because we can't carry the weight of our sin yeah mm-hmm. and then we're upset with god that we do all of these things paul said why do i do the things i hate i don't understand myself mm-hmm it's the same thing. God's like, just I do come the to things me. Things I do not want to do. Yeah, <laughs> does them because he's fun. <laughs> and no, he's being real. Yeah, he's just keeping it real. I mean, it's like that's why people. I don't know. I think about it even from an outside perspective. It's like, yeah, the sin is what creates separation. Like I, I know, remember thinking backward the times where I felt most separated from God, where I was deep, deep, deep in the rabbit hole of porn, where. Uh, it's like, oh, no, it's no big deal. And it's like, no, it's acceptable to me. That's why I made it acceptable. It's like, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But I was sending it up and it was all good. But it's like, nobody wants to follow like a religion or it's like, oh, no, no, no. Like I should be able to continue to do the things I do, but God still needs to make things prosper. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it, <laughs> people have that word point of view where it's that sin that separates us. But they don't think it it, sh- it should separate us. They're like, oh, no, 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 that shouldn't be a deal. Like, I'm not killing anybody. I'm not hurting yeah. anybody. But the fact that, you know, I go and get plastered on Friday and I say the F word every four minutes, <laughs> that's all good. Like, God should still bless me. Mm-hmm. But if people were to really be critical on themselves and go, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I should speak a little bit more intelligently instead of, you know, cussing as much or, you know, small things. Maybe I should, you know keep my eyes to myself when I go to the gym and stop looking at girls all the time. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, I'm talking to you, buddy. I know somebody's watching this right now <laughs> that is having a, an issue with that. And because I know, because I had an issue with that, you know, I had it. But it's like, we need to really be critical with ourselves and think there are so many things we could improve upon. Yeah, mm-hmm. There could be so many things if we really break it down. Even, you know, people who are really good Christians, we all have our struggles. Whatever that means. Yeah, right? whatever. yeah means. good Christians. And by, you know, good Christian, I mean, very very flawed you mean secret christians <laughs> <laughs> the ones who just don't show up you know they don't talk about it <laughs> clowns dude it's like that meme with like painting the mask on it's yeah like, like, being a good christian <laughs> painting a clown face how you are you i'm that. blessed i'm blessed brother <laughs> everything is great thanks brother but that's pray a, for you that's like an old principle is the idea of like being upset short term to set yourself up better long term it's like saving money. Same mm-hmm. thing. It's like, I want to buy this now, but I'm not going to because I know that later on, this is going to be better for me. It's like parenting. I'm going to tell you right now, you need to stop doing this. Why? Because 
you'll be better off if you learn to not do that anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You will be happier. You'll be safer, whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. We don't want to listen. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like our parents telling us what to do. It's like, because mm-hmm. parents suck. They yeah. don't want us and then fun. You'll, you get older, like our age now, and you're like, oh, that's what you guys mean. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now. And the thing, too, just to add on to that is like the longer you dabble in sin, the harder it is that's going to be able to get out of it. Mm-hmm. And like Jerry said it perfectly. And I remember hearing this from a guy named John Brick when I first started coming to the church. <laughs> JB. Yeah, JB. Um, he was like, I'm going to tell you this right now. Sinning is fun. And I like remember sitting <laughs> back like, did he just say that? <laughs> I was like, you can't say that. Like, that's not okay. Chuck all new to the faith. I was. I was brand new. Um, And he said that and then explained it to me like, yeah, sinning is fun. Like, there's going to be those moments when you first start sinning that in that time, it's like it might bring you joy and it probably will bring you joy. But the later down the road you go in that sin, the harder it is to break and the bigger of an addiction that you're going to hold on to, whether that's porn, whether that's drugs, whether that's alcohol, you name it. The longer you're in it, the harder it is to get out of it. And like Jake and um, Jared were saying, the listening to other people and getting out of that as fast as possible is only going to set you up better for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Because again, I don't, I, I say this all the time. It's like, I don't want, as a youth pastor, I always tell our kids, like, I don't want you to come back to me in a few years when you're out of high school, still addicted to drugs and still addicted to chasing girls and guys around your college campuses. Like, that's not what you want for the rest of your life. Because I know a lot of people that are like that, and you don't want to know where they're at right now. And I know, yeah, I know people like that who are my age. Yeah, I know, so. exactly. <laughs> I just want to tell them to grow up. So <laughs> it's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, no, I agree. And you, you said it perfectly, though, and you look at um, King David, a man after God's own heart. Mm. Man after God's own heart. Who married a few concubines, had a few different wives. Just dabbled. Stuff, you know, just he was dabbled. dabbling around. It's all until, good. <laughs> until eventually he slept with like one of his good friends, like military commander's wife, then covered it up by killing the military commander's wife. <laughs> Simple little cover friend. up. Just you know, little but what you said is so true. It just unraveled, right? Yeah. It started just with a, with a oh, I'm just going to have a few different wives and no, it'll still be good, still be good until eventually led him to there. Yeah. And so the more and more you step in, the more and more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what, what started gracious. as something of, of just lust turned him into a murderer. Yeah. And read about, read the Psalms, read the ramifications mm-hmm. of all of this. Oh, he was miserable. Yes. Miserable. Rabel. So heavy, Brutal, so heavy laden on his soul. we we'll talk about depression, read those. But he enjoyed it at the time. Come yeah. on, Jake. At the time, you made depression relatable for me. <laughs> I felt better knowing that David went through it too. I was like, dude, I feel good now. <laughs> but then it goes Not back alone. to like what you guys were saying. It's like you, when you think of David, the first thing you think of is all the good things that David did, but you don't bring up the negative thoughts, the negative things that he went through. Mm-hmm. And it's because, again, just as Christians and I think as believers, like we tend to hide those because we don't want to bring those up. Mm-hmm. It's interesting you say that because I actually look at it the other way. Mm-hmm. I remember him for <laughs> this, <laughs> his mistakes. This, yes, no, but because that's what that's a good. lot of people use. And I think I heard Craig Rochelle say this, that I forget exactly how many, but there's like two or 300 verses, scriptures about King David. Probably more than that. I forget the number, but we remember him by those like five right there mm. of what he did. Mm-hmm. And isn't that crazy? Like how big of a detriment that something like that can lead you towards Mm -hmm. to where he was a great king. He did a lot of great things. But if you study your word, you see, you think King David, you're like, Oh, he slept with his homie's wife and had him killed. That's how people describe him. How did God describe him? Man Mm. after God's own heart. Okay. So Uh I think all of us should take a note for a second while we're here (laughs) to understand that people look at your sin and your areas of flaws, but God looks at you for who you are which is his child right Mm -hmm. yeah that's important to understand is your shame has no place in god's eyes yeah everybody else might bring it up people are going to talk whatever Mm -hmm. but god doesn't look at you that way Mm -hmm. and we all look at david for his flaws and everything he did wrong Mm -hmm. and god says no he's a man after my heart Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's important to understand how god looks at us yeah no that's good and letting it out which is kind of just what we're talking about he finally was confronted and finally admitted yeah and so he he opened up a pathway for healing. And I think we'll close up with this question because it's a big one. I think a lot of people, especially if you're not really invested into the scriptures, in my opinion, I think you have this question is you're prayed for something, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe like the death of a loved one or something like that. You're praying against it. 
and you want God to heal him, but it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, you're asking God, where are you? Like I prayed for this. I've asked for this. Like, why would you want this to happen? Yeah, I can go first. Yeah, no, no, no. I, there's, I mean, I have a lot on this topic um, mm -hmm. because, it, yeah, I, I, there's just a lot on it. And the first thing I just want to open up with when it comes to this idea is because um, a lot of times people will say, like you said, like, God, why did you kill my mom? God, why did this happen? And my grandma died. And we, we look at this and at the end of the day, if we're just going to put a blanket statement on this, God doesn't want your mom. God doesn't want your grandma or your grandpa or whatever that is to die at the beginning of everything. In the beginning of Genesis, the beginning of time, God created this earth to be a place for us to inhabit and live in for the, not for the rest of our lives, but to, to be a perfect place to live in. There was no death. There was nothing of that nature, but because of our sin of Adam and Eve taking that fruit and our own free will that brought all that into the world and there's scientific studies on the fact that like this whole entire world in the beginning of time all was inhabited it was like a, a jungle and that's why like i think it's a greenhouse in, like, yeah yeah exactly a greenhouse the greenhouse effect and there's like studies of like i think it's in like an alaska or something like one of those big places where there's a lot of snow um that there <laughs> that South there Pole, is North Pole. yeah one of those one of the lands <laughs> greenland or iceland i forget which one Greenland. i think it's greenland, it's greenland yeah huh? greenland which makes no sense but um that there is like like palm trees buried underneath that snow mm -hmm. and it just goes back to the beginning of time and it would all be like that if it wasn't for that fall of man and so like in a way we brought it on ourselves and I'm not trying to like justify that, like make a way out of this, but it's like that at the heart of the root issue is it. Yeah. And I think something that's important to know is that Jesus came down to cover that, sin, yes. you know, and that's, what's even greater. And in Romans it says the wages of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And so I think that scripture honestly kind of covers that whole thing is, okay, you may be asking, where's God in all this? What happened? But it's like, there is no death except the sin of death, right? Mm. If that person, say it is the death of a loved one or something happened and, th and they know Christ, they're up in heaven having a great time. God it's gives us that lives. redemption. God gives us that eternal life that's past this. And and we look at it as human beings because of our feeble minds as death is just this terrible thing. but death here on this earth while knowing Christ in your heart mm -hmm. and your soul is a victory. That's yeah. a huge celebration factor. And that's something that not a lot of people can grasp, even Christians, right? I mean, we all mourn when our uh, loved one passes mm -hmm. away or something, but when that person knows Christ and experiences that eternal life, it's a very joyous occasion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a very like, Oh, good for them. It's like that friend who you like, I know, I didn't have a lot of friends who went to college and did all that mm -hmm. stuff, but like you got that one friend who was <laughs> like, hey, he's killing like, it. Yeah. Like, good job, dude. Like, you went mm -hmm. after it and did it. It's like that. It's like a moment like that. They went through it. They have a uh, crisis or Lord and savior and they're going to, they're going to live. They're not yeah, dying. Yeah. They're getting rid of these bodies, this earth to be accepted into something 10 times better. Yeah. And I think it's, it's not funny, but I, I it's like when someone who's like 98 and like they pass away and they're like, God, why would you do this? And it's like, it wasn't God. Like he's 98 years old. Like, yeah. It's time. It's time. And mm -hmm. there's just like a cycle. There's a natural cycle to this thing. Mm -hmm. But what I, the point I want to make is to not negate all, obviously people yeah. who've lost loved ones by any stretch, but to understand the fact that, you know, death is going to happen and it's whether we like it or not, it's one thing we all have in common that we are all going to die. Uh, and so my brain initially goes to, I want to see these people again. Mm -hmm. And so what am I doing to make that a thing? Mm -hmm. am, I, am I, am I making sure, am I doing my part to love them into a relationship with Christ? Mm -hmm. Um, where if, if I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know if they were or not in a realistic sense, you know, a lot of people are like, we're going to see them in heaven. And you're just like, mm -hmm. are you mm -hmm. like, be honest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that all the time, and it's something you say, it's nice to say at a funeral, but at the same time, it's like, I want to make sure that the people that were around me have heard. Yeah. And, you know, and that, that's just kind of a thing. Um, so it gets to the father except through the son. It's the only way to do it. Mm -hmm. And 
I just want to encourage somebody to understand that this is inevitable. It's going to happen and we should be able to rejoice. But the only way we can rejoice is if we're doing our part to make sure people mm-hmm. can come into that light, into that salvation, which is not only for death. It's all it's for life, but it's also for eternity. Yeah, cause- came to give us life and life more abundantly here exactly. on earth right exactly. and then also when we pass an mm-hmm. eternal the mm-hmm. gift of god is eternal life right? yeah so it's like you're winning here you're winning there you're not losing your candidate may lose <laughs> or may have lost <laughs> but, but the through christ is like no, nobody's losing yeah. we're all winning you know at the end of the day yeah. in death in life life more abundantly we're, we're all on the winning team you know yeah yeah what i would say to to that person that hasn't you know maybe they're asking where is god or or why aren't they you know answering their prayer or why did my loved one take be taken away in this i felt that exact same way when my grandpa passed away i did not think it was going to be um something so traumatic and quick that i was going to you know pass away at an old age you know you know that sort of thing like oh he was 90 years old Mm -hmm. he lived a long great life it wasn't something so quick and um i guess traumatic but i would say it's got to be acceptance and it's, you know, it's one of those things like at the stages of grief, um, you just have to accept it for what it is. And I think that's a lot of people look at death as the end, you know, as Christians, you know, we look at his, it's the beginning of, you know, their life with Jesus. And I say it that way because it's, you know, very fluffy kind of sounding Christianese, but it it truly is. Um, You have to come to terms with God's plan. And I Mm -hmm. think the number one thing that I learned from a very early age is, I pray for God to do things, but I always say, if it is your will, let that be done, Jesus. Yes. If it is your will to have this, let it be done and make it obvious. And one thing I, I, I've prayed for, um, and he's continued to, you know, lead me down that path is when I started dating my my girlfriend, I prayed for our relationship. I and I I started I made it a practice before I met her, you know, kind of preparing to be in a relationship again, preparing my heart. I just prayed for my future wife. And the one thing I prayed was God is if this is the girl if this is the one you want, bless this. Mm-hmm. You continue to bless it. If you if you need me out, I need signs. I need you to make it very obvious. And I had prayed in the past. I just ignored the signs because I wasn't very smart. <laughs> but now I've learned a lot and I didn't ignore any signs. But God's continued to bless, continue to bless. Mm-hmm. And it's the same sort of thing. You have to be willing to accept God's will no matter what. Yeah. If you have a plan and you pray for God to prosper it, it's not going to work probably. Mm-hmm. Because God's plans are outside of outside of our time outside of our existence Mm -hmm. he has these whole different set of plans and it's not anything that you want to do there might be one or two things you might be like you know i'll hook dylan up with those air force ones he (laughs) likes but if you have a whole plan if you have everything down to the minute details don't expect to look that way god's plans are far superior to yours in every Mm -hmm. sort of way yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's so perfect to say because a lot of people think God hasn't answered their prayer, mm-hmm. but he did. He mm-hmm. just said no. It's a <laughs> yeah. different way. It's a different way and it's oh, way better. Oh. He just said no. And I think a lot of people don't want to hear that. True. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to hear that word no. I'm not yeah. going to get what I want. What? God's not real. Exactly. And that's that's crazy. Imagine if we had that thought for anything else. Yeah. What if McDonald's ran out of fries when I order them? Is McDonald's fake? Like, oh, they're fake. Like, I'm out of here. I kind of feel that way about their ice cream machine. Oh, <laughs> I thing, won't get into that. that that's a whole other episode. Get into that that's right like now. A, a pretty good conspiracy that I think goes all the way to the top. I agree. But, I know uh, someone that works at McDonald's and they told me why. Can but, we get them on? Yeah, we can. We can. Um, but just to add to this real quick. Um, when Dylan said, <laughs> which, I, that, I know, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but to add on to that, I think too, sometimes, uh, when we pray to God and we feel like God is not answering, that might not mean God saying no, that just might mean God saying wait. And I, the way I look at it is like the, the story of Moses and, uh, he, Moses felt like he knew what he needed to do. And that was to rescue his people from slavery, but it just, he did it in his own timing and it wasn't the right timing when he needed to wait on that. And I think for some of us, and it goes, goes back to, we want that instant satisfaction. We want that instant, like make this happen when God is not saying, no, we're not, you're not, this isn't going to happen tomorrow. You just need to wait wait patiently and i think all four of us have been in situations like that before when god's not saying no he's just saying wait mm-hmm. yeah there's so there's three things to look 
look to. It's like God's going to say yes or no Mm -hmm. or just be patient. Yep. Mm -hmm. Wait in this. And I feel like in that patience, though, you can really determine if you really are Mm. waiting and being patient, not just waiting like, oh, my gosh, hurry up, God, hurry up, hurry up. But waiting and being patient, you can align your what you want with what God says. Right. And because Jerry said it best, you align yourself with God's will and see what he wants. Yep. Amen. Amen, Amen, sir. That's what I'm talking about. Um, guys, if you're listening, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, Apple Podcasts, Ooh. on Spotify, do all that stuff. Follow us on Instagram at av.church. Um, we have a lot of exciting serving opportunities coming up, so it's something that gets you out of the house and can make you impact the community, can help you impact the community. But, Jerry, thanks for being here. Of course, Av Church 2021, we making moves. There we go. <laughs> we are. I'm telling you, I'm excited. You keep watching, dude. Av Church. <laughs> Jake, thanks yeah. for being here. Yes. So I'm excited, bro. I know, Jerry's all excited and just. Why didn't want to throw it up? I agree with Jerry, uh, and I'm just upset that your Chuck's... face didn't agree with Jerry. <laughs> For okay. sure, I'll tell you that. We'll be here next week. Hold on, why are you, why are you ex- uh, like upset about me? Huh? You said you were upset about me. Yeah, I'm upset because I want you to like, you know, be a part of all this stuff too. I'm here, bro. Nah, He's here doing the podcast. <laughs> Chuck, thanks for being just here. Just kidding, Chuck. I am here with you, Av Church. I love every single one of you, besides Jake. Jake has also Jake has that bad energy. Also, <laughs> bad vibe. Share with us why the ice cream machine doesn't work. Oh, so um, I had a, a meet. Okay, long story short, um, <laughs> they McDonald's. said that it takes a meeting with McDonald's. <laughs> they the employee said that the reason why some of the times you go and the ice machine ice machine or ice cream machine's broken is not that it's broken it's that they just don't have ice cream in it and the reason why is because like apparently like every time you use that ice cream machine at the end every night they have to like go and deep clean the ice cream mm. machine so they would rather them not put ice cream in it so they don't have to clean it at the end so at the end of the day it's the McDonald's employees just being lazy they're lying what? Yeah, I'm gonna have to talk to the CEO. I might have a meeting with McDonald's hey, now. Hit up, uh, hit up Ronald, dude. I'm gonna call Ronald after this. <laughs> old Ronnie McD, bro. Mr. McDonald, can I speak with you hey. for a moment? Yeah, that's unacceptable. Anyways, like, share, subscribe, do all that stuff. Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you guys later.